speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. For this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word, Lord, will forever last. God, we are ready for your word. Father, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight and that you will be glorified in the midst of it all. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All throughout school, children everywhere want to be first in line. Don't you remember when your teacher said, all right, it's time to line up for lunch? People were literally tearing each other apart, stepping on each other, running over each other, all to be first in line. Time to go off a recess. Everybody wanted to be first in line. It doesn't matter what the subject or what the time, if it was time to form a line, we wanted to be first. And the truth of the matter is, it's still true for many of us today. I mean, think about some of those Black Friday sales, right? People are waiting in line for days to be the first one in the store. And man, when that store door opens, folk are running over each other, trampling each other, all with the goal of being first. Some of you are old enough to remember back in the day of our Lord, before the internet. You, you remember if you wanted to go to a concert and you knew that ticket was going to be hot, you had to get in line. You had to get in line so you could get that ticket. I'm talking about before Ticketmaster and all that. You had to line up at the box office. Stand in that line. And, man, you wanted to be, I mean, the most coveted position in that line was first. Isn't it interesting that we value what it means to be first in every area of our life except in our relationship with God. We, we don't think about what it means to be first or put God first when it comes to our love for God. We don't think about what it means to put God first when it comes to seeking God. And we sure don't think about what it means to put God first in the area that we're going to talk about today. We're in the midst of a series entitled Making First Things First. And we've looked at two subjects so far this year, loving God first. The Bible says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And one of the conclusions we came to is that many of us are mad and angry at people for really no good reason except for the fact that we gave them all of our love and all of our love was never intended for them. It was intended for God. And then we got mad when a temporal being 
could not appreciate a God that was a love that was meant for an eternal God. Last week, we talked about seeking first God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But, but don't read too fast in verse 33. You will miss the but that is there as a stop sign to try to get your attention to basically say what is being talked about in verse 33 is in contrast to what was shared in the prior verses. You've been worrying about fashion. You've been worrying about finances. You've been worrying about your future. He says you have spent your time and effort and energy worrying about the wrong thing. Worry may be natural, but it's not necessary. Instead of using your energy to worry, which is a waste of time, he says, use your energy seeking God, making God the priority of your life. Today, I want to talk to you from the thought how to give to God first, how to give to God first. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand. And for those of you who are streaming with us today, you can go to the I Am Hope app. You can download the app at your app store or wherever you get your apps and you will find a fill in the blank outline on the app. Those of you who are present who want to save trees, you can do the same on your smartphone right now. Three things I want to share with you today that I hope would encourage you and recognize how to put and make God first in your life around this issue of giving. Now, before you tune me out, before you switch stations on me, let me say this. God is concerned about your person, but he also recognizes that you can't give him your total person unless you bring with you your possessions. Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And we have already come to the conclusion that you can't say you love somebody and not give to that person. And so the question is, how do you say to God, I love you? Here's the first thing. Number one, you must give the best and first part of your resources and provisions to God. You must give the best and first part of your resources and provisions to God. Exodus 23 verse 19 reads, The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Now the principle of the first fruits is one of God's greatest teachings and expectations for the children of Israel. As a matter of fact, this principle of the first fruits really came about long before the law was ever established. It was this idea that when you were blessed, when you received something, the first thing you did was give back to the source from which you received. So instead of saying, I'm going to give God my last part, you say, I am going to give God my first and trust the God who has provided what I have to provide from now on whatever I need. This idea of first fruits was, was to say to God several things. One, it would say to God, God, thank you for your blessings. Because I recognize that I am blessed by God, and so I'm going to give 
back to God in acknowledgement for what God has done in my life, and I am going to say thank you. You know, it don't take a whole lot to say thank you, right? I mean, I remember you give somebody a ride, for example. They may not have had any money to give you towards your gas, but don't get out of the vehicle and not say thank you. I mean, it's just good home training to say thank you, right? It don't cost you anything to say thank you. And so it is a way for us to basically say to God, God, I tata you. I thank you, God. I thank you because I recognize that what I have, I have received from you. It acknowledges God as the source of your blessings. So, had a person come to me, they were in trouble, they needed to borrow some money. And they were like, Pastor, I'm going to pay you back. I promise you, I'm, gonna pay you. I'm a person of my word, I'm going to pay you back. And, and I understand, let me just say this quickly, I understand the biblical mandate that don't loan what you can't give. I understand that. I, I haven't gotten there yet. I, I still want my money back. You know what I mean? I, I, no, I'm just being real. I'm just being real, I, you know. And this was an amount that I want my money back, right? And so the person, they said, oh, Pastor, no, I got you. Listen, I'm a person of my word. I, man, look, soon as I get my check, soon as I get my check, Somewhere between the time they got the money and the time they got their check, they got amnesia. And, and what added insult to injury, they wanted to come to me and tell me what they were going to get when they got their check. Man, I saw this fly jacket. What you think about this jacket? And I'm thinking this is a joke. I, I, maybe I'm being punk. Ashton Kutcher got to come out somewhere because this is crazy. I know this person not asking me about what they're going to buy with my money. Y'all not praying with me. Y'all, okay, I understand. I'm, I'm not only from the projects, I'm still a project. I understand. Y'all all that spiritual and everything. I wanted my money. At least acknowledge that you got my money. But they're telling me about all the stuff they're going to buy with the money that they supposed to pay me back. Now, I thought about it. I wonder how God feels when he blesses us. And then we're going out and we're going to get all of this stuff. And we never stop to at least say to God, you know what? Let me give back to you out of what you blessed me with. Let me acknowledge that you are the source and you are the one that makes me able to do what I want to do. See, that law of first fruits, that principle says everything I have has come from God. Everything I've been blessed with comes from God. And God, I'm going to start before I do anything else, before I think about myself or anything else, I am going to say thank you. Now, let's be honest. Most of us, most of us in here, we don't give God our first fruits. We give him our left fruits. If, if there's anything left that I think I can spare, God, you know my heart, right? Even though my pocket is a little uh, off, even though my money is funny and my change is strange, you know, God, you know my heart. 
and you basically say, God, I'm going to give you what's left. And here's what God says. Are you willing to give me your best? You need to give me your best because I've given you my best. So my wife and I, we eat differently, right? My wife eats her best first. And then whatever's left, you know, if she's done eating, ain't no, ain't no harm because she ate what she wanted. I save my best for last. Right? So when I look at my plate, I'm like, okay, let me see what I don't like as much. I'm going to eat that first, and I'm going to work my way back to what I really, really want, what I really enjoy. And I'm, I'm, I'm pacing it. I, I'm, I'm lining up the bites and the portions and the combinations. So, so needless to say, there was a little struggle when I would get to the end of my plate, Brother Charlie, and, and then my wife would say, can I have some? Yeah, I tell my yeah, love your wife like Christ loved the church. <laughs> Sacrifice and gave his life for the church. Even though you don't want to give this life's bad of food for your wife, you got to give this last bite of food for your wife. And I'm like, yeah, oh, man, because I'm going to say the best for last. And then I'm looking at her plate, right? Because I'm like, well, let me get a little piece of Man, you ain't left nothing on your plate. So, so, so I had to work on that, you know, but, but, but let me tell you the change that I made now, instead of me saving my best for last, no, no, I didn't do that. Y'all see y'all wrong. Y'all, y'all wrong. I know what y'all think. Y'all like, you started eating yours first, your, your best first, didn't you? No, no. This is what I started doing. When I get my plate. Brother, where I say, sweetheart, would you like some? <laughs> now, you know I'm already eyeing what that best part is going to be. But no, I'm going to give her her choice. Because when you give me back this plate, don't bother me no more. <laughs> Get whatever piece you want. Because <laughs> it's going to be on after that, right? But, but I've learned to offer her first. And she'll offer me first. Sweetheart, you want some? No, I don't want any. Oh, yeah, let me have a piece. And I usually let her pick the piece to give me. And then I say, do you want some? And she'll say, yeah. And then she has to pick the piece that she wants off of my plate. And, and so some of y'all will get that on the way home. But my point is, my point is that I've learned out of my love to offer to her first. Right? And, and God says, will you give to me first? Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know that the grace, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become strength, uh, might become rich. And basically, here's what God says. God gave you his best when he gave you his son. Why wouldn't you give God your best? Why would you give God what's left 
when God gave you his best. Here's the second thing. Number two, you ought to bring the best and first part of your resources and provisions to the house of the Lord. The text is very clear. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, when he talks about bringing the best and first fruits of your ground, we recognize that he was in an agrarian society. People were farming. People had animals. And so they brought to the table that which was precious, the commodities that they had to present. And here's basically what God says to us parenthetically. He says a couple of things. One, what is your harvest field? Where do you toil? Where do you labor? And what do you get out of your labor? Just like the farmer would farm and receive crops, when you work now, you work and you receive your crops. It's called a paycheck. And will you give out of what God has blessed you with first? Or will you give him what's left after you do everything else you want to do? And when he talks about the house of the Lord, parenthetically, while he was talking about the tabernacle, the tent, whatever it was, that designated place, he is talking for us today to the church. He is saying, you bring what God has blessed you with to the church so that the kingdom work of God can be done. Listen to me, I don't care what organization you talk about, there is only one organization that God has provided, one entity God has sent into this world to spread his message of love and hope to a dying humanity, and that's the church of Jesus Christ. Now, let me put a cord in the meeting and park here because I got to help somebody. Because here's what happens. He's, we, we, when we get ready to give, and I've had members who said this to me, some of whom are no longer here because I didn't agree with their philosophy. They would say to me, well, well, pastor, I give. I just don't give to the church. See, I take my tithes and I help people. I take my tithes and I pay people's rent. That's, that's what I do with the, the tithe. And so here's what I need you to understand. First of all, God says give him the first fruit. Right? And he says if you take the first fruit that was intended for him and give it to anything or anybody else, what you are in essence doing is boiling a young goat in its mother's milk. Now, when you look at that phrase, I had to call Dr. Green, uh, Mark, on this because I, 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 was, I was looking and, man, there, there were so many interpretations about it. I'm looking in the Hebrew. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's just like it's just a hand grenade just dropped in there. You ever had anybody just say something to you and you went, huh? That don't even make sense, you know. Y'all, bring your first fruits to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in his mother's milk. And what in the world does that mean? And basically, here's what God is saying. God is saying, whenever you take what was intended for him and do something other than what was intended to give, be given to him, you are, you are committing an abomination. You are creating something ugly. You think it's a good thing, and it's really not a good thing. It's really an abomination to God. 
you should never take the first offering and do anything with it other than bring it to God. Now, here's the problem. I told you about that person who said, well, I pay, I pay my tithe, and I give my tithes, and I, I pay people's rent, and I help people, and all this. So, so here's what's interesting. First, God is very clear that the first fruit should be given to him, right? Here's the interesting thing. Follow me. Your giving is nowhere limited to one gift. So even if you believe in the principle of tithing, if you say, I'm going to give 10%, where in the Bible does it say you should only give 10%? Okay, some of y'all still don't have it. Here's what I hear God saying. Why are you going to take what's intended for me and give it to take care of somebody else? Give me mine and take care of them out of your money. Right? If you've had kids, you, you know this story. They get some money, but they still want to spend your money. <laughs> they say, I want to get some ice cream. They say, well, didn't you get some money for your birthday? Yeah, but I want some ice cream. But you got money for your, you got, you got some money. Yeah, I know I got some money, but I want to keep my money. I want to spend your money. And that's in essence what you say to God. You say, God, I want to take what was yours and I want to do with it what I want. And I'm saying to you, you were never limited to just 10%. Matter of fact, the truth of the matter is you should take the first, if you're going to use the principle of tithing, you should take the first 10, give it to God, take the next 10 and pay yourself. And then take out of what is left the other 80 and bless somebody else if you in the blessing mood. Like, if you're in the giving away mood, give away out of your 80. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is when you take from what should go to God and the kingdom work and give it away, the issue is not who you give it to. The issue is who you're taking it from. See, see, everybody has what's important to them. For some of y'all, man, you tithe to a person, somebody else, man, listen, man, the commercial for the ASPCA come on and you're ready to write a check for them. And you, you know, you tithe to them. And, and at the end of the day, God says, you can give to whomever, but don't take away from me. And the kingdom work to do your thing. Look at Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, just so you understand, under a theocracy, that giving mode, that model for giving was not 10%, it would add up to somewhere between 30, 33%. Okay, it would kind of be like taxes that come out of your check. And if you know anything about taxes, the government doesn't wait for you to pay it. <laughs> they take it out on the front end, right? But God says, will a man rob God, but you have robbed me. 
You have robbed me when you have taken what belongs to me and use it for anything else. So I used to get some calls. And they would say, Pastor, say, hey, man, we've been blessed with a new house. Would you come over and do our house blessing? I had some members say, man, Pastor, I got a new car. Come on out and pray for my car. She prayed, I've been blessed with a new car. So here's what I started doing. I would call the finance room and I would say, can you check and see how they're doing in their giving? I want to see how they're doing in their tithes and offerings, right? And, and, and typically, and maybe this is why I don't get any calls anymore, they, they weren't giving like they should. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, how do you know they're not giving like they should? Well, if you want me to come and bless a $500,000 house and you're giving $5 a week, I think it's safe to say you're not tithing. You're not even close, right? So I would call and I would say, listen, I have to respectfully decline to come and participate in this house blessing. And they would say, why? I said, because I do not make it a practice to pray over stolen goods. And you are not going to make me an accessory after the fact. You took the Lord's money and bought you a house, and then you're talking about, I want the Lord to bless it. Not with me. Not with me. You've got to make a decision. Look at Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Bible says there was a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira. They sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, when you listen to the conversation between Peter and Ananias, Ananias, here's what you get. Ananias lied. If he had just said, hey, this is all I'm going to give, cool. If you want to keep all that you had and not give anything, cool. But don't lie and pretend like you've given it all to the Lord. And you done kept something back for yourself. And the Bible says when Peter called him out, the Holy Ghost killed him. And Ananias dropped dead. I wanted to put the verses in there so y'all can read it for yourself. And then the Bible says Sapphira came in after they had taken Ananias' body out. And she came in there with the same lie. You know, her friend should have called her and said, girl, let me tell you what happened to Ananias. Girl, don't come in here lying. The Holy Ghost ain't playing today. <laughs> Ooh, girl, did you hear what happened to your man? The Bible says Sapphira came in. She lied to Peter. The Holy Ghost knocked her dead. And when she was knocked dead, the same men who took Ananias out to bury him just got through with him, they came in and picked her up and carried her out. And you know what I was thinking? I wonder how many bodies would show up if the Holy Ghost said, are you lying about your giving? We, we might need McCoy Harrison, Troy B. Smith, Pruitt. We just need all of them lined up outside. We got some bodies coming. Can you imagine if the Holy Ghost said, are you lying about your giving? You, I can't give any more than this. This is all I can give. Can you imagine if the Holy Ghost said, uh, you lying? 
offering would probably go up. You say, here, Lord, here. I ain't playing. <laughs> I want to live. I don't want to die. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you are to give God your best knowing God will bless you. You are to give God your best. We're talking about how to give to God first. You are to give God your best knowing God will bless you. Proverbs chapter 3 beginning at verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It has been said that every church is run by three books, God's book, the Bible, the hymn book, and the pocketbook. And God says, when you give, when you honor me with your wealth and your first fruits, I will bless you. Look at verse 10, circle that word then. There is a cause and effect relationship. My old pastor used to say, you can't beat God giving, but you always have to pay up front. And when you learn how to give in this way, what you are saying is you trust the Lord. Now, don't miss this. Proverbs, if you read earlier in chapter 3, he talks about trusting the Lord with all of your heart. And the evidence of trusting God with all of your heart is trusting God with your resources. Trusting God with your finances. Trusting God with your first fruit because when you trust him with your first fruit, you're trusting God with your second fruit. You're saying, God, if you bless me with this and I give it back to you, I'm trusting you to give me even more. And watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. He gives two images that every Israelite would know and would celebrate. Your barns are overflowing and your vats of wine would be overflowing. You're going to have more grain and more harvest than you can handle and you'll have more wine than you can drink. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. In other words, it doesn't matter who plants, it doesn't matter who waters, it doesn't matter who weeds. Ultimately, it is God who gives the increase. And so here's the simple principle. When you give to God first, God promises he will bless you. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and if there is somebody here, I really want to talk to you. If you are here and you have practiced the principle of tithing, you have practiced the principle of grace giving. You have been faithful in your giving. According to God's word. And you have lacked or suffered want. Or God has not been true to his word. Please raise your hand. Because I want to talk to you. Raise your hand somewhere. Because I have never met anybody who has obeyed God in giving and suffered because they obeyed God. Matter of fact, some of y'all are suffering right now broke and it has nothing to do with what you give to God. Because you didn't give your way into being broke. 
You spent your way into being broke. When you honor God in your giving, let me tell you what God does. God, first of all, is going to be true to his word. You can't outgive God. You can't. It is impossible. You can't outgive God. Let me tell you the other thing I've learned. The more you give to God, the more of him you give to God. The more of yourself you give to God. And the more of yourself you give to God, the more spiritually mature you become and the stuff that you thought you couldn't live without, all of a sudden you find out, you know what, I ain't need any of that stuff. I'm good, I'm good. I, 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 was, I was filling out some paper uh, trying to buy something and they asked me for a personal financial statement. And man, I hadn't, I'd never done a personal financial statement, right? And so I'm filling out this personal financial statement and they said, liabilities, debts. And I was like, zero, zero. Revolving balance on your credit card, zero. Because my, my grandfather said, don't buy something if you can afford the payment. Buy it if you can only afford to pay it off. Right? So I don't, I don't live trying to squeeze another $10 out of my... Ooh, if I pay, this, if I pay $10 a month for the next 30 years, I can afford this. Right? If I can't buy it, I don't... Man, I don't need it. I'm all right. If I can't buy it, God must not want me to have it. And I'm good with that. And, and, and let me tell you something. Man, it's a beautiful thing to live your life at a place where you're debt-free. Because I've been on the other side, y'all. No, no, no. I've been on the other side. I'm talking about, man, up, it made you in debt up to your eyeballs. And, you, and you, when you pull out your card, you hoping that there's room on your card. And you looking like this, and when it doesn't decline, you like, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, I lived when I was floating checks and write one over here, but hold that. Don't put that in. And then run over here and get some cash from somebody, and then come back and put it in. All right, now you can put that in. I mean, I live like that. And that's some stressful living. But I never was in that position because I obeyed God. I always ended up in that position trying to satisfy something that was unsatisfiable. And that was the desires of my flesh. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is concerned about the amount, but he's concerned about your attitude. And God basically says, if you don't give with the right attitude, you might as well keep it anyway because it's not going to bless you. Go down to Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, 
I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Here's what God says. When we talk about giving to God first, God says, try me. No, 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 let me say it in another way. God says, try me. Try me, test me. God says, test me and see if I will not do what I said I would do. And there's somebody in here who can testify when you give the way God wants. God, first of all, has so many ways to bless you. Oh, my God. If you, if you just limit God's blessings to money, you will sell yourself short. God can open doors that you could not imagine. God can close doors that you don't need to walk into. God has so many ways to bless you. Let me close by telling you this. Some of you know, some of you don't know that um, I live by faith off of love offering. Love offering, uh, if you've been through Discovery 101, you know it's the green envelope or you can do it online. And that love offering is my salary. Most of you have never heard me talk about it because I don't talk about it. Because that's not what God has led me. So y'all never heard me get up and say, now, hey, uh, I ain't see enough green envelopes coming. Uh, 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 well, y'all, don't y'all have some more of them green? I mean, y'all never heard me do that because that's not me. That's not my style. It's not how I roll. That started now almost 26 years ago. It was in March of 1994 when I came to this church. The fourth weekend in March, church anniversary, I came to preach as a candidate to become the pastor here at Good Hope. And the package was offered to me, my salary, housing allowance, medical, etc. And I took half of it and gave it back to the church. Now, we only had about 100 to 150 active members, right? And I took half and gave it back to the church. And I said, no, just pay this, keep the other half, and I'll live by faith off of whatever the people of God feel led to give. One of the men in the church who is still here, he said, Pastor, are you sure you won't do that? He said, because you don't know these niggas like I know them. They just... No, 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 I'm, I'm telling you the truth. No, no, some of y'all who was here, y'all know that's what he was standing right there. And he said, you don't know these niggas like I know them. They, look here, they get mad at you, you won't get a dime. And, and I said to him, I said, well, I said, I hear what you're saying, brother. I said, but I'm here not trusting people. I'm here to trust God. I said, and this is where and how the Lord is leading me to live. And I said, and I believe God is going to provide. And one, one fella said, well, what if, what if everybody in the church give you all the money? And I said, huh? What if everybody give you all, what if they put all the money in the green envelope? And I said, well, I said, if they do, if you think I'm the kind of man that can walk out of here with all the money and let the church suffer, then you don't need to call me as your pastor. And, and, and that same brother stood up. He said, no. Nah. He said, if they get, and he said, well, what if we give you more than, than, 
than what we was offering you. You gonna give back the extra? And the other guy stood up. He said, no, he ain't got to give back the extra because if he get less, he better not ask for more. <laughs> and, and, and I got to tell you, I gotta t- I'm sharing this with you because I want to help somebody understand the faith walk with God. There were times when I came into this church Raining, storming, cold, and man, you could flip elephants in here and not hit anybody. Right? I mean, it was plenty of pews, plenty of seats. Everybody could get one and lay down in there. And I'm looking and I'm saying, Lord, I, said, I don't know what you're going to do, but you know, I got these three children and they got this nasty habit of wanting to eat every day. <laughs> you sure going to have to provide. Right? And God was faithful. I remember one Sunday. I remember one Sunday. Man, it was storming real bad. It was storming real. And, and this is when I first got here. And so I used to talk about us when we didn't come out in the rain. I'd be like, man, it's just a little rain. What's the problem? Ah, you know, that was before the first time I got flooded, couldn't get to my house, right? <laughs> then I was like, it's raining how many inches? Right? But before that, you know, I was like, Come on, y'all, just a little rain, you know. And uh, man, it was like nobody in church. And I, and I saw a lady, she came to church, and she, and she hadn't been to church in a long time. And I was like, well, at least, at least a few folk are here. And so, man, I'm preaching. I get through preaching, and it's time for the offering. And I, and I told you, I never, I never said, hey, this is what this is about or whatever have you. We just teach it to the members, and then that's it. And... I got this crazy note in, in, in the love offering. And it said, Pastor, you know, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and, and whatever have you. She said, you know, I've been working out of town. I've been on assignment, and I haven't been here, and I think it's like six months. And she said, and I wanted to make up for all of the giving that I missed over the last six months, and I wanted to give it to you today. And I was like, wow. And it was just what I needed. And and here's all I'm trying to tell you. Man, when you live by faith and you trust God, it's it's been been now in March, April, it would be 26 years I've been in Good Hope. It would be 26 years. And I've never lived any other way. And God has taught me whether it's plenty or little in whatever state I find myself to be content. If I have it, cool. If I don't, then it must mean I don't need it. And God has taught me how to scale down my living and and what I need to do to focus more on him and less on me. But that's part of my faith journey. And so I'm saying that to say to somebody here, give God your first fruits. Trust God. And if you don't trust them, try them. And I promise you, God will not let you down. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Um, I thank you, God, as we reprioritize our lives, as we uh, initiate a kind of reset, whether it's a soft reset or a hard reset.
that God, we would reset our lives and make sure that you are at the center and the circumference of our lives so that everything that we do and say will ultimately be pleasing in your sight and help us to be more like you. We ask your blessings now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody who can, everybody who will, stand on your feet wherever you are. As Reverend Bell comes to extend the invitation to discipleship, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. We're a little over today, but, but stay with us, those of you who can. Um, ushers, make sure you have baskets there. Those who need to leave, if they need to go get their children, um, y'all should be at the door with the baskets. Amen. Amen, especially after the pastor just talked about giving this. You know, help a brother out, you know what I mean? Just give folk an opportunity to obey while they leaving. All right, amen, amen. <laughs> Y'all know I'm only being serious. Anyway, um, Reverend Bell, come on and take That's a word a soul today that's struggling with obedience that's struggling with giving the pastor talked about money but he also reminded us that God is much more than just money and today if you are struggling you can give him something today that is not anything about money you can give him yourself so when we come to this time in the service, it's an opportunity for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can come to him and give him all of you because that's what he wants. And when you give him all of you, all oh, the reward is beyond what you can imagine or think. And the Word of God tells us that if you trust him and confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for you, then you are saved. And so we extend to you right now that offer right now that you come just as you are. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have an opportunity right now to come just as you are. You don't have to try to get right. The Lord will get you right. You don't have to try to say things the right way. You don't have to do that. We have men and women all around the sanctuary that will help you. All we need to do is to trust God to come just as you are as the choir sings.
perhaps you've been visiting with us, you're trying to decide if this is the church home you want to be in. We welcome you to come on and join us now. We're not perfect in any shape, form, or fashion, but we invite you to join us along the journey. And I know this that will happen. We will love on you just as God and Christ loves on us. So if you're looking for that church home, now's the time to come just as you are. You've been out of church and you know you should have been in church. Life has taken the best of you and you know that, man, I need to be in the Lord's house. Well, you're in the Lord's house today and this is a good time to come on just as you are. Men and women are waiting for you just as you are as the choir sings. thank you for that spirit, that soul, Lord, that's still struggling. We thank you for a chance to speak to them. And we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move on them, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that they will come to a saving faith. We bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, church, it's time for the offering. Amen. All we ask is that you give as the Lord has blessed you. There are several ways you can do that. You can text and give. You can go to push, pay, and give. You can uh, give by the, with the baskets, by cash, or by check. Just remember the Lord has blessed you, and he's looking for you to return that blessing in obedience. The old song says you can't beat God giving, no matter how hard you try. Let us continue to worship and give him.
God, we thank you for these gifts. We pray that it be used to build the kingdom and to give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, it is time for our announcements. Master Control, we're in your hands. Don't forget, for additional events and announcements, Finding a place to take your loved one on Valentine's Day can be challenging. From making reservations to waiting long hours for a table, what a hassle. Instead, come and enjoy a wonderful Valentine's Day dinner here in The View. Don't miss this spectacular evening of fun, fellowship, live music, and dinner for two on February 14th from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. in The View. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. The cost is $60 per couple. RSVP while seating and dance floor space is still available. Have a blessed day. Don't forget, Don't forget for, additional, for additional events and announcements, download our new interactive I Am Hope mobile app. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week and remember... Good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. All right. I uh, want to also remind you that our midweek services are continuing now. Uh, Wednesday Bible study at 12 and at 7 o'clock. Continue to pray for our sick and shut-in members as well as all of our grieving families. And uh, when you pray for them, just make, you might want to pick up the phone and give them a call or just go visit them. So just prayer works. I know it does, but a little bit more would help also. Amen? All right. Okay. Now, also, small groups. If you want to sign up, you can sign up today. We are beginning small groups, so come on and get you a group. You can start a group yourself, or you can join one. Amen. Amen. All right. It's time to recognize our guest. So if today you're visiting with us for the very first time, would you please stand? If it's your very first visit with the Good Hope Church, amen. Remain standing. Amen. We are so glad that you came this way to fellowship with us. We hope and we pray that you've been blessed by the word, blessed by the singing, and blessed by the fellowship. Now, because you're here, we have a special reception for you. And if someone invited you, they can go with you. All I ask is that you gather your things and follow these young ladies who are holding the sign for guest relations ministry. We're going to take you to the area for the reception. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back anytime. Amen. Show some love to all of our guests. Good word from the senior pastor, amen. A helpful word, amen. All right. If everybody is good, just stand and receive the benediction. All right. Touch a shoulder. Give a smile. 
you ain't been smiling, smiling somebody. You can show all your teeth has been all of that. Just smile. So that be the only smile somebody get all week. Make sure they get your smile. Amen. All right. God, we come now to thank you for reminding us afresh that when we put you first, everything falls in order. Thank you for this word today, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Now, bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, hug somebody on your way out.